Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Man, is God moving in this place or what? Yeah. Hey, if you're in love with Jesus this morning, let me hear you go. Whoop, whoop. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to get into this message today. We're continuing our series called Follow Jesus. And if you're going to pick a guy to follow, he's a good one. He's a good one. Uh, he's not going to steer you wrong. If you got your Bibles or your tablets, um, open them up to the book of Matthew. We're just going to go ahead and dive into this today. So excited um, to get into this. My Lord, my Lord, I've been praying for this all week. I believe today is going to be a game changer. Talking about following the example that Jesus set for us. Jesus impacted people everywhere that he went. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It's the foundational verse for this series that we're in. It says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus gave us some instructions before he got out of here. I love that. Go into the world, go into the world, and reach them with the good news of the gospel. Tell them about me is what he's saying. Um, we've been talking about this through this series. What is the number one responsibility of a believer outside of your relationship with God? What is your number one responsibility? I heard spread the word. What was, what was, what? Tell others. Tell others. That's, that's, we're getting closer. Make disciples. Make disciples. There's two safe answers usually. If you say Jesus, you're never wrong in church. Um, and for this series, make disciples, you'll be good. Our number one responsibility is to make disciples. Now that goes counterculture to what you're hearing a lot in church circles today. A lot of church circles are happy just to get people to show up and sit in a chair. And I'm here to tell you, God has called you to do more than just show up and sit in a chair. Oh, boy. Let me help you all wake up. Just Everybody say, Pastor. Pastor. I'm awake. That's what I'm saying. He, he's called us to do a lot more than just show up and sit in a chair. Listen, he's called us to do a lot more than just serve and volunteer in a church. He has called us to make disciples. That's not a pastor's job. That's not a leader in the church's job only. It's our job as followers of Jesus. We're all called to make disciples. Now, that's a churchy word, and it throws a lot of people off, and we've kind of been disarming that over the last few weeks. Making disciples is just simply helping others grow in their walk with God. Just being there when they need someone to talk to. It's just being there when they need someone to pray with them. How many of you are glad you've had people pray with you in the past when you went through a difficult season? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so beneficial for us to pour into one another and help others grow in their walk with God so that they don't have to make the same mistakes that we made. How many of you can say, now watch this. This is going to be amazing. You guys watching online, I know what it's going to look like in your house right now. If you've ever made a mistake since you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. Look at that. Look at that. We've all made mistakes and hopefully we've all learned from those mistakes and hopefully the experience that we've gained from learning from those mistakes is going to not only benefit us, but benefit others growing in their faith. Okay, we're called to make disciples. Now, that's twofold. That's leading people to Jesus and helping them grow in their relationship with God. How many of you feel like you can do that? Yeah. 
I, absolutely. It's the easiest thing in the world to just help somebody, encourage somebody, pray with somebody, maybe to explain some stuff to them that might be confusing to them. Well, when I got saved, there was a lot that was confusing to me. You know, how many of y'all grew up in a crazy church? Like a crazy church. Like, it was usually good preaching and teaching for the most part, but then you always had, you always had those crazy people in church that made it a crazy church. You know what I mean? Those people that would just pray a certain kind of way. Or like when stuff started stirring, like, I, it was so funny. I, I went to a church one time when stuff started moving in a service. You just, whoa, start screaming and run around and do all this stuff. That's, that's crazy. That's a little weird, you know. It's not natural. Did I blow your ears off when I did that? All right. Making sure that you're awake this morning. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was going with that. This crazy church. All right, we'll just go with it. Um, we've all, though, um, had crazy experiences, I think, growing up in church. We've all uh, experienced some weird things. We've all had difficulties learning those early steps and difficult seasons that we've walked through. How many of you would say that somewhere in those seasons, and maybe even now, that you could have used a little more power in your walk with God. You understand? How many of you say today, Pastor, with the stuff that I'm walking through in life right now, I've got crazy stuff going on with my kids. We're dealing with weird financial stuff right now. Christmas is coming up. We're trying to find room in the budget to do everything that we need to do without putting stuff on that evil credit card. Hey, let me give you a pro tip. Don't put it on that credit card. Okay, you'll be paying it off this time next year. I guarantee you, uh, don't do that. That 22% plus interest that you're going to be paying on that stuff will eat you alive. Don't make that mistake. Um, man, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in life. Maybe you're dealing with the loss of a loved one through the season. You're dealing with difficult stuff in family. How many of you could use a little more power to navigate this season of life that you're in right now? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, the good news is... The good news is that God has made a way for us to be equipped with that power. Yeah. He's made a way for us to have what we need in those seasons where we find that we are not enough. That we are not enough. Uh, and, and I love the way that he has not just left us hanging. He gives us all that we need. Amen? Now, you may be here this morning and you say, well, pastor, I'm all for this stuff that you're talking about. I'm all for telling people about Jesus and this whole making disciples of people. It scares me to death, but I'm willing to just jump into it and trust God. Listen, wouldn't it be nice to have some extra power and equipping to be able to do those things that are intimidating to us in scripture? Well, God's provided a way for all of that to take place. And we're going to talk about it today. Um, and I, this, is, I, this is one of my favorite topics in all of Scripture. I get to talk about my best friend ever. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now this is key in discipleship. And you guys know over the last few weeks we've had people come up at different points in the service to just have a discipleship conversation and discussion and equipping time. One, to model what those conversations might look like for you later on in life. And then two, to cover some really essential stuff to make sure that we are equipped as a church to do what God has called us to do. 
And somebody gave me a little pushback a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, Pastor, I love this stuff that you're, that you're teaching on over the last couple of weeks, but it sure would be nice to hear you preach a little bit more instead of doing all this teaching. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Preaching and teaching are all under the same deal. You understand? My job is to equip this church. And I'm going to equip you to be able to do what God has called you to do. And I found through the years that we're good at shouting in Christian world, that we're good at saying amen, and we might be good at serving and volunteering and doing all this, but I found a lot of times that in very foundational things of faith, we're lacking. And the reason why we're lacking is because there is a huge gap in discipleship in the church. That's not going to happen in this church. Okay, we're going to equip, we're going to train, we're going to build. I'm going to do my job description as a pastor, and we're going to be the people that God has called us to be. God's going to bless that, and we're going to impact this community, and I can't wait to see the fruit from it. How many of you would say over the last few weeks, God has spoken to you, and you've been equipped in a way that you haven't been equipped before to do what God has called you to do? How many of y'all would say that? There's hands going up in here. Um, I love that. That's our goal. So we're going to have a good conversation today about the Holy Spirit. Maybe clear up some stuff that maybe you've heard in the past that might be wrong. And talk about what his role is in our lives. And it's a whole lot more than going crazy in a service and running around in a circle. You understand what I'm saying? So if y'all would, please do me a favor and welcome the person that's going to be helping me today. I can't wait for this conversation. She's probably scared to death. But let's show some Eastgate love to Miss Emily Roscoe as she comes up here to share with us today. You got your talk sheet? No. Uh-huh. You're already messing up. You're already messing up. I had a pastor tell me one time, he said, he said, look, Josh, let God use you, but don't mess up. Yeah. And then he's like, no pressure. Nope. It's just eternities that are on the line. So I was like, good grief, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> How you doing today? I'm good. And I'm just marveling that you can make mistakes. Yeah. I love this. So if, you, if you're new here today, if you haven't been here in the last few weeks, we're just having these quick little discussions to go over this information. This is all unscripted. We haven't practiced a thing, have we? So we're breaking all the rules. We're, we're not overly prepared for this. We're just having a real conversation over some scripture, talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. And like you said, it's just real life. Sometimes you forget stuff. I get that. But did you forget the coffee this morning? Um, no. Exactly. No. I'm glad you're feeling better, by the way. Me so you too. were sick yeah, a week sick. before and a little bit this week. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad you're better. The flu stinks. The flu is not good. Don't get the flu. Are you excited that Georgia won the SEC championship? Yes. Now, I, went, I wasn't asking y'all knuckleheads. I was, I was talking to Emily. I say knuckleheads because every Georgia fan in this place just started chiming up. Y'all know better. I'm my excited goodness. for my Georgia fan friends. <laughs> Happy for family and friends. Yes. And they look, they look scary good. Go. I picture like Georgia dominating like they did last night. It's kind of what the kingdom of God looks like dominating the devil. I think LSU is a good parallel for the devil, right? Yeah, if you're an LSU fan, I'm sorry. If you can send your complaints to Pastor Jeremy at eastgatechurch.cc, and he will, he will uh, handle all of that. Ushers, if you will, I don't, 
I don't know if we've done this yet. Um, if y'all will go ahead and pass out the uh, the worksheets that we have. We've got these available for you guys too. There should be pens in the seats in front of you so y'all can fill these in as we go. We want you to participate. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Emily a lot this morning, but then I'm going to be talking to you guys too. And we're just going to have fun and have a great discussion. If you're watching online, you'll be able to find these notes on the Uversion Bible app. Uh, just hop on there and you can follow along with the message today and you won't miss a beat with what we have going on in-house today. Um, this topic of the Holy Spirit is a fun one. It's a fun one. Um, if you look in your notes as they're passing them out, has everybody got them now? Or are we still waiting? All right. I love this. Right. So, so everybody knows, if you look in your notes there, that God gave his son. He gave his son. He gave his word. And the Holy Spirit to set us free and empower us. I love that. He sent his son to set us free from sin and to pay the price for our sin. He sent his word to equip us. All scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, training, and righteousness so that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And he sent his Holy Spirit to empower us to be able to be everything that Jesus said that we could be. And I love that. And we kind of I kind of shared a, like a crazy experience earlier um, before you came up, talking about the Holy Spirit. That opens a whole big can of worms for people, depending on what your church experience has been with that. Um, different experiences for different places, especially in the South, it tends to get a little bit crazy when you're talking about the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen anything crazy or like just chaotic or, or whatever happen? And somebody put the Holy Spirit label on it in the past? Not really. Not a ton with you? So you're one of the few that haven't. <clears throat> I was in a service one time. And, and y'all y'all probably, <laughs> probably relate to this. I've seen some crazy stuff. I um, got to travel a lot in my early 20s and go to different churches. And you just never know what you're going to walk into sometimes. There was one service that was happening. And the, the evangelist that was speaking was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he was going to give an opportunity for people to receive from God and be filled with the Holy Spirit. But what he did was kind of wonky. He, he had everybody get in little circles around the room. And then he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and then I'm going to come running by and I'm going to lay hands on everybody in your circle. Y'all just be, be in a posture of receiving, be ready to receive. And he used all those big churchy words. And he says, you guys get ready and I'm going to come by and pray for you. Well, what happened was, he did his little prayer up there, and it was ready, set, go. That dude started running to the circles, hand open like this. And I thought, oh, man, this is going to be good. I was standing in my circle watching what was happening. And, dude, he just ran around the outside of the circle, just clocking people in the head. I mean, just knocking the mess out of them, just bam, bam, bam. And sure enough, everybody was falling down, you know, getting slain in the spirit. I don't know if they were getting slain in the spirit or knocked out. It's one of the two things. I think they were getting knocked out, and I just watched him work his way around the room. Y'all ever seen those domino competitions where they stack up the dominoes in the room, and they click one, and they all just start falling? People were falling like dominoes while this guy was running around the room. And I ended up being in the last circle that this guy was, was praying for. 
bop, 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 bop. Now, if you got time to think about this and you're watching a guy just smack the mess out of people in a room, you're starting, you know, like me, I'm thinking, okay, am I going to duck, dodge, weave? What am I going to do here? Am I going to slap him back? What's going to happen? You know, I'm ready to defend myself. And, uh, and so, bop, 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 he gets in our circle, bop, 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 and he's just slapping people and they're all falling. And he gets to me and I just say, okay, and before I could think, God, he just slapped the mess out of me. My ears were ringing, and I didn't fall down. I didn't fall down. So when I didn't fall down, he went a couple of people back, and he saw me, and he circled back around the, the fallen carcasses to me again. And I was like, oh, man. And so he was pap on me again, and he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's where I said, you know what? I've had enough of this junk. So I just knocked his arm off of me, and I just gave him the look. We're good here, right? You know that look that says, I'm being nice to you right now, but if you do one more thing. Parents, you know that look you give your kids sometimes? I love you, but if you don't do what I'm telling you to do right now, you're going to see a monster come up in me. Yeah. So, um, so I gave him that look, and he just backed off. I was the only person in this room that didn't fall down. Chaos. Crazy stuff, bad experiences. Let me tell you this. Just because you may have seen something weird in a church before or seen something chaotic, that does not mean that the Holy Spirit is a person to be feared. It does not mean that that's something you should be intimidated by. It does not mean... It does not mean that his value in your life is diminished in any way, shape, or form. What you saw were people that may have had good intentions mm -hmm. that were just doing it in the wrong way. Okay? Um, there's, there's a lot of crazy teaching out there with regard to the Holy Spirit. And, and I've heard it one way and I've heard it another. And then I got into the Word of God and I got what the Word of God actually says. And it was a game changer mm -hmm. for my life. And that's what I would encourage you to do is just wipe the slate clean and let's get into the Word of God today and let's see what the Word of God says about this game changer and our walk with Him who does so much for us, does so much for us. And regardless of what you may have seen before or experienced before, just hit pause on all of that and let's let God do something fresh and new in our hearts and in our lives this morning. Amen? That's what we want to do. So everybody say, Pastor. Pastor. I'm going to let the Word of God, the word of God. Speak, to me. speak to me. Amen. All right. So Acts chapter 1 is a good place to start. If you look in your, in your worksheets here, um, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, let me hit Foster. Who do you think this is talking about right now? Jesus. Yep, Jesus. It's a good answer. Jesus or make disciples are two good answers. Uh, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this. Um, the Holy Spirit, Jesus called him a what here in this passage of Scripture? The, promise? It's a promise. He said, wait for the gift, the gift also. Yeah, so he's a gift and he's a promise. Do you think a gift and a promise from God 
is something to be afraid of. No. Absolutely not. I love the way that he set this up. In John chapter 14, this is Jesus talking to his disciples again. He says, all of this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. I love this. So who sent the Holy Spirit? God. Yeah, God did. The Father did. Now, you hear a lot of crazy teachings in circles that talk about the Holy Spirit or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the gifts in the service, which are biblical. Some denominations call those things evil. They'll say that that's the devil manifesting in church. Have y'all ever heard that before? Yes. When them people speak in tongues, that's the devil speaking through them. Or, you know, um, how can it be of the devil if God the Father sent him? You understand? You think God would send the devil to do something in your life to benefit you? You know what I'm saying? Um, and above all that, Jesus said that the Father sent the Holy Spirit in his name. So anytime you saw somebody sending someone in their name during this time, they were being sent with all of their authority, all of their power. So when they spoke, they were speaking in the name of the person that sent them with all that, all that power, all that authority, and all that weight behind them. So the Holy Spirit not only is sent by the Father, but he's sent in the name of Jesus with all the power, all the might. He is just as much God as Jesus and God the Father. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. So Jesus says, I'm leaving, and I'm sending a bad dude to come in here and take my place, and he's got everything I got, and he's going to help you out and make sure that you're okay. So check this out, though. It, it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you how many things? Oh. All things. Mm -hmm. So it'll teach you all things. And remind you of everything. everything. Is there anything that's left out in that? You know what I mean? Like if you got somebody who's teaching you all things and reminding you of everything, that pretty much covers it all, right? So, so he's, he's giving us a gift that's going to instruct us and teach us, help us understand the word of God, walk with us in life, and remind us of scripture and what the word says who we are in Christ in those times that we, when we need all of that. The Holy Spirit is a powerful ally that works with us. And in Acts chapter 1, um, this is another thing that the Holy Spirit does. So he, he teaches, he reminds, he's there as a counselor, he's there as the spirit of truth. And Acts 1, 8 says, but you will receive what? Power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So when the Holy Spirit is in our lives, when we receive what he has for us, the Holy Spirit's purpose is also to equip us with, we receive power to become witnesses, to become witnesses. Uh, early on in my, my walk with God, I don't know how it was for you, I was really excited about what God did in my life, mm -hmm. but it was real hard for me to share my faith with people. You ever experience that? Yes. You ever get scared? Yeah. You ever feel like you didn't have the stuff to say? Oh, for or sure. Or how you were, yeah. So the Holy Spirit helps take care of all of that. So we're equipped with power 
to be witnesses of Jesus. I love this. The main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to equip us to be witnesses, to equip us to accomplish the Great Commission. Okay? It's all going to point back to Jesus every time. So he's there to equip us for that. Um, so you've been, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. When, when, you, when, you, when you say that, people start getting weird because if yes. you've been in like Pentecostal backgrounds, was it weird for you? In the, like when we, we were talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, or you thought about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's kind of weird because that means something's going to probably happen. Right. Yeah. You, how many of y'all have heard of that speaking in tongues stuff? Yep. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? That is weird when you don't know a whole lot about it. It was, it was weird for you? It was. It was crazy weird for me because I saw people doing that, mm -hmm. speaking in tongues. And some of them were in a very reserved state of mind when they were doing it. And some people just went, just, just back crazy, mm -hmm. you know. It's like, I don't know if I want something like that just taking control of me and making me do weird stuff, you know, and making me look ridiculous in front of people. Y'all ever think that? Man, I totally was thinking that stuff. I was like, okay, these people are talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if I want to look as crazy as they do. I don't know if I want all that crazy stuff coming out of my mouth that I didn't realize that it's not like a possession that takes place. Right. Yeah. T tell us what it was like when you got filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it was different for you, right? You were just doing your thing. And yeah, I was, I was actually up at the altar and I was worshiping. Um, with the, the band, you know the worship band singing and um, it, it's something that I had prayed about for a long time. I had talked to you several times, going, "How how do I get baptized in the Holy Spirit? How does this happen?" And you you told me just keep seeking Him. And for me, yeah, like I said, I'd prayed about it for a long time, and I think it's really all about obedience. Mm -hmm. um, that He had laid something on my heart to do that was really difficult for me to do. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this because you know, God told me to, so I'm gonna do this. And it was a couple, couple of weeks after that that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I think it's because he was like, okay, you'll be obedient to me, you'll do what I ask. I love it. And um, you know, I probably look a little ridiculous in church sometimes because I cry a lot at church <laughs> and I'm not an unhappy person. It's just that I get so overwhelmed yep. with, with how I feel with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's just a feeling of incredible love. Yeah. And um, so I cry a lot at church. <laughs> well, it just, it just takes your sensitivity to what he's doing mm -hmm. to a whole other level. I love that because you were, you were like over here during, was it worship or an altar time or something? And you were just kind of worshiping God and then just boom. I don't remember if it was a worship time or if it was altar. I can't remember either. Sure it was the one. first Wednesday or something. I can't remember. I'm, I can't remember. I just, I just remember the service wasn't focused on it. No. And no. Yeah. And I was confused because every other time I'd heard someone in the sanctuary speak in tongues, everything stopped and everyone heard. Yeah. And nothing stopped and nobody else heard, which was fine. But I was just like, I'm confused. Was that real? Did that really happen? Because nobody else noticed it. Nobody else heard a message. I'm very confused by that. Yeah. So... And they said, no, no, sometimes we know that it's a message for everybody, and sometimes we know it's just for that person. Yep. So that was really cool. Yeah, so getting your prayer language then I think is huge. Um, it's just a natural outflow of what was happening mm -hmm. in the moment with her, and I love that God's faithful to do that. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Y'all know God has a sense of humor, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Don't pray, don't pray for patience, you look back on like every landmark spiritual thing in my life, and God did it in a very unique way. Mm -hmm. um, late, I think late teens, early 20s. I think it was early 20s because I was doing inner city ministry in Atlanta, and we had this big camp with the kids, and we brought them back for this service, and the goal was give them the gospel, and let's see how many you know, inner city children we can uh, win to the Lord. And it was, it was a really cool thing. But the guy that was speaking decided to do a little curve thing and pray for everyone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've been, like you, seeking for a while, like over a year. And, uh, and I've been seeking and praying. And, and a couple of weeks before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Lord really impressed on me strongly, um, you know, three weeks I will fill you. And I thought, okay, this is going to be awesome. So I was like watching the calendar because I would come up in services and get prayed for and nothing would happen, you know. And so I'd be like, man, what's the deal? So I'd wait and when there's another opportunity, I'd come up and get prayed for and nothing would happen. Y'all ever had that happen before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for me, it was a process. So this evangelist is doing this little crusade with all these inner city kids. He gives this altar call for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, that's it. That's me. I'm going to do this. this. Today is my day. I go up there, and I realize I'm the only adult that had gone up there. So it was me and a bunch of five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds <laughs> in service getting prayed for. And I'm like, man, okay. So I waited, and sure enough, I, after a year of, of praying and not receiving, but just seeking, 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 um, I watched these little kids, and I was the last one in line, and the evangelist came up, and he was like, are you praying for these? I like, no, dude, I'm here to get prayed for, you know? And so they prayed, and just boom, you know, after a year, um, I got that in the, in the service. Um, baptized in the Holy Spirit, began speaking in tongues, and it was, it was amazing. Now, people freak out over the tongues thing. Mm -hmm. I love that Paul addressed this in Scripture, and he kind of took the mystery and the weirdness out of it. Mm -hmm. um, he, he actually had a problem in a church that he was overseeing where these people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and all they were doing was this, like, speaking in tongues and crazy times in the service and it was a real chaotic kind of thing there wasn't a lot of order or structure to what was happening and someone would get up to speak and then somebody would just start praying and and all this stuff and they lose control of what was happening in the service and it was of no benefit to anyone and so paul said hey look this is not how this stuff happens mm -hmm. the holy spirit is very orderly he's very structured and then he drops this line and says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the control of the prophet. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means that while the Holy Spirit is enabling you and working through you, you still have control of what's happening in that moment. You understand? You hear people say, well, I just got overwhelmed, and, and, and I get it because there is the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit, but it's not going to be chaotic. It's not going to be crazy. Um, you're probably not going to see somebody flipping over chairs and jumping around and slapping people in the Holy Spirit, 
or things like that or just going crazy and losing control of what's happening in a service. And that's some people's idea of what a move of the Holy Spirit is. The move of the Holy Spirit is very structured. It's very organized. It's very orderly. God's not a God of chaos. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of chaos. You understand? So in reading that, especially after having experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit myself, it all began to make sense mm -hmm. to me. I had a prayer language that I could pray in. You know, the Bible says that if we don't know how to pray, that we can pray in the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. through groans and, and, and words that, that can't be discerned. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit prays through us in perfect accordance with God's will. Let me ask you a question. If the Holy Spirit is the devil, how can he pray in perfect accordance with the will of God? You understand? Mm -hmm. so, so a lot of this teaching is false. I wanted to go through just some examples in Scripture that show us this pattern. Because, because if, you, if you receive a gift, there's got to be something that lets you know you've received it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if I order something from Amazon... Um, and they say they delivered the package. How am I going to know they really delivered the package? You go out and get it. It's there. There's something tangible there that I know. I'm going to get the notification on my phone that says it's been delivered. Almost never where I tell them to put it, but it's been delivered. You know, um, There's going to be something tangible. Well, God gave us something tangible to know when the baptism of the Holy Spirit is taking place in our lives. Not that initial feeling, feeling of the Holy Spirit when you're saved but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a separate work of grace after salvation. Okay, so let's look at the pattern in the Bible and uh, dive into this in, um, in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So they are all the disciples and followers of Jesus. He told them, go to the upper room and wait for me to send the Holy Spirit to you, and that's what they had been doing. So they were obedient, and their obedience opened the door for this. Um, they were in, together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and the whole house where they were, in, in the, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. How many of them were filled with the Holy Spirit? All of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. But how do we know they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They began to speak in tongues. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. As the Spirit enabled them. So go to Acts chapter 10. And let's look at uh, verse 44 through 47. It's another example in Scripture. We'll begin to see a pattern develop. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. So everybody that heard this, the Holy Spirit began to move on them. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Now how did they know that the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles? They were speaking in tongues. Yeah, so they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. But Peter says, look, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. There's a lot in that. Peter says, look, they've received the Holy Spirit. They're doing the exact same thing that we did. These people hadn't even been baptized yet. I love this, but they were believers in Jesus. So I love what you see here. They were all 
they were all speaking in tongues, and that's, that's the evidence. That's how they knew. That's the tangible thing that let them know that it was happening. Acts chapter 19 is another great place to look. Um, it says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I love that that was one of the first things that Paul asked them. Being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit was such a common occurrence in the early church. It was one of the first things that Paul took the time to ask them. You guys are believers. You're disciples. Your faith is in Jesus. But have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? First question he asked. Man, it needs to be more common in the church today. Yes, it does. More common in the church today. So they answered, no. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, well, then what baptism did you receive? And John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Then he told them to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. Uh, on hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they, there it is again. What did they do? Spoke in tongues. Spoke in tongues. And prophesied. Now, a lot of people wig out over this tongues thing. Let me explain it to you like this. If we hopped in a plane and we went to China this afternoon, when we landed in China, would the people in China be speaking the same English language that you're speaking today? They'd be speaking a different language, wouldn't they? Because that's what they speak in their country. If we went to Thailand, they're going to be speaking the native tongue in their country, correct? Um, pick the place. Go to Colombia. They're going to be speaking mostly Spanish in that area, um, the native tongue of their area, all right? Not English like we're used to it. Why is it, do people wig out when you talk about a different language coming from the kingdom of heaven that takes place when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit? We begin to speak in tongues and that heavenly language, and we become intimidated by it. Like, nobody freaks out when they go to China, and they're speaking Chinese. They're like, okay, that's what Chinese people speak in China. What's well, the heavenly language of heaven? Um, it's the prayer language that God gives you. So it makes sense. It's real tangible and real practical when you think about it that way. It's just another language. It's another tongue being spoken as that the Holy Spirit enables you to speak in. I think that's amazing. Um, but that's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Make sense? Now, that's the tool that God gives us to be able to intercede with and pray with when we don't know how to pray, right? Um, the gift of tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit that we see manifested sometimes in service where you have a message in tongues, and then you're going to see an interpretation of that during service, but it's always going to be in an orderly way, usually happening during worship. Because God's a God of order. Um, you're going to see that stuff happening. But that's not the main purpose of the Holy Spirit. That's just one of the attributes of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't just so you can speak in tongues. He equips us with power. Everybody say power. Power. To be witnesses. Say witnesses. Witnesses. For Jesus. Power to be witnesses for Jesus. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say, 
you could use a little bit more love in your life. Joy in your life. Here's a big one. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Right? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control is huge. Um, I had a hard time getting control of my fleshly desires early on in my walk with God. Like I would have a desire to do it and I would always jack it up somehow. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, that changed. Now, I was still tempted, but I had a level of self-control that I did not have before because that's a gift and attribute of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. How many of you would love to see, would love to see God use you to pray with someone who is sick and see them healed? Would that be awesome? To, to be used to speak into somebody's life with a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge? How many of y'all could just use personal wisdom for yourself navigating some of this stuff that we face in life? That's what comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to work in our lives. And we have access to a lot of stuff that we did not have access before because that comes only with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He is a game changer in our lives. And he's a game changer in our walk with God. Have you noticed a big difference and your relationship with God since you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes. That's an easy answer. Tell me, tell me a couple of things. Well, so the first thing for me was, um, I think the very first thing that happened was I had pulled into the parking lot at work, and I was hearing this kind of argument going on. Mm-hmm. And normally, I, I'm not a confrontational kind of person. I don't get involved, things like that. But I was like, but... The Holy Spirit said, go over there. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do that. So I went over and I just kind of diffused the situation, sent the student on, sent the parent on, sent on the coworker. And then, you know, later went back and checked on the coworker. I'm like, you okay? Did I make you mad? Sorry. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it was good. And it was just a, one of those traffic situations. You know, we've, we've, yeah. we've talked about that a lot. And then... Um, do I talk about traffic a lot? Because no, it bothers me. I hate traffic. <laughs> um, but then it was, he, God showed me teaching a class here at church. And I'm like, oh, I'm not qualified for that, right? <laughs> I don't have to be qualified for that. He does that. Um, but it was just a couple of days later, it was like the very next Sunday that you walked up to me and said, hey, we're thinking about starting this class, would you? And I just said, yes. And you said, do you don't want to hear the rest of that? I said, I don't need to. God already showed me. I love it. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. I love it. Yeah. And so he, he I think I told you about this. God talks to me basically in pictures mm-hmm. for things. That's why I said he showed me that I was teaching a class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he just shows me things. I'm like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And sometimes I have to kind of pray on it and figure out what he's showing me because I don't really understand the picture. But, um. It's pretty cool. It is. Yeah. It's when he gives you those little visions. Yeah. Yeah. You pray on it and then he reveals it to you. Yeah. Big deal. It is. It really is. The Holy Spirit's a game changer mm-hmm. for real. I want to give an opportunity for us in here to let the Holy Spirit do a little bit of work in our lives today. Does that sound good? Yes. Yeah. I think he wants to do some stuff in our lives. What do you think? I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's give Emily a hand for helping us out this morning. <laughs>
Now check this out. We haven't overhyped things this morning. Nobody's been shouting or screaming. It's not crazy. But here's what I know. The Holy Spirit is about to do some stuff in our hearts and in our lives today. I've been praying all week for this moment right here. I believe that some of us today are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of us are going to kind of get a refreshing, refilling in the Holy Spirit today. Um, and I believe that God's going to move powerfully in our lives. How many of you can say today that you could use some prayer for God to do some stuff in your life because you got some stuff going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah? So we're going to pray for that today too. Let me, let me pray for you before I pray for you. Father, thank you for this moment. Lord, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your presence that I feel in this place now. Lord, I've done what you laid on my heart to do. I've shared the word that you gave me to share in an orderly, structured fashion. Father, we all collectively ask that you do what you told me you would do. Father, move powerfully in this place today. Confirm your word today. Father, heal. Lord, restore. Father, move in the situations that we're facing in our lives. Father, I pray that you pour your Holy Spirit out in this place in a deeper, more intense fashion, Father, to baptize and fill those that need to be filled. Lord, to refresh those of us that need to be refreshed. Lord, to get us where you want us to be this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. morning and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit I believe today is the day that that's going to happen for you we're going to give God the opportunity to do it if you're here today and you feel like you just need a refreshing of the Spirit of God listen we go through stuff in life sometimes amen one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, he, He's an advocate that walks alongside us, but there's a refreshing that He does in our lives. And I believe that God wants to pour His Spirit out on some of us today to refresh and renew and take that fire and that passion inside of us to a whole nother level. We see that pattern in Scripture, and I believe that that can happen today. Some of y'all are here, and you've got incredible needs in your life. And you need God to move in a powerful way in those needs. And I believe that God is going to do that today. Do you believe that He can do that today? Do you believe that He can fill you with the Holy Spirit this morning? Do you believe that He can refresh and renew this morning? Do you believe that, that He can unleash a fire in you that you've never had before? Some of you are struggling to share your faith and you need boldness. The Holy Spirit gives that boldness. And you can have that today. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my walk with God next to Jesus. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it, was, it was like I had been saved all over again. My, my walk with God just skyrocketed after that. The Word of God came to life to me like never before because the Holy Spirit was now doing His role in teaching and equipping and training and 
counseling and doing what he does. When I, when I face situations in life where I don't know the answer, I found in being a pastor, you, you face situations that are a little more difficult than the average Joe sometimes because you help people unravel the mess that they get into sometimes in life. And you can't do that in your own strength. I found that the Holy Spirit is always there to give wisdom when I don't have the answer. He's always there to show the solution or the pathway when I don't know which way to go. He has, he has been the number one asset in my spiritual walk next to what Jesus did for me in salvation. I want that for everyone here this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Father, I pray, I pray, Lord, that every defense would come down. Every wall that people are trying to put up right now would come down in your presence. Lord, that, that those of us that are here today that might be uneasy or fearful of this, Lord, I pray your peace over them. Lord, I pray that you draw them in with your love in this moment. The Holy Spirit is a gift that you give. And the last time I checked, you don't give bad gifts. I thank you for what you're about to do. Lord, I pray that all of us are willing to let you move in our lives today. If you're here this morning and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or refilled with the Holy Spirit, have God do something powerful. Maybe you're here today and you have a desire that's been birthing in you to operate in the spiritual gifts more and you want to see God heal through you. You want to see those words of wisdom and knowledge through you, that prophecy through you. You want to see the Holy Spirit doing the miraculous through you. I believe that God can unlock that today as an outgrowth of your relationship with Him. I think today can be a key moment in making that happen. If you want everything that the Lord has for you, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the altar. Whether you want to be baptized for the first time or refilled or you just you want to go deeper in the Spirit of God, if that's you, if that's you, I want you to get out of your seat right now. I want you to come up to this altar, and we're going to pray this morning. Let's do it. On the count of three, get on up. One, two, three. Come on. If that's